Hey, hey, welcome to the Bible in Life podcast. I'm so glad that you're joining me on this episode. Our goal on this podcast is to give what I like to call blue jeans theology. That is theology for everyday life and something that I pray is super helpful to you as you try to follow Jesus and grow in Him. If you're new here, welcome. I'm so glad you're joining me on the the podcast. And if you find it helpful to you, man, go ahead and subscribe so you never miss an episode. I try to release episodes every single week. And if you've been around for a while, man, thanks for being a part of the Bible and Life family. I'm so grateful you're here. One little update before we jump into the topic of today's show. I uh, have added a new resource to my website. It's called Five Priorities of a Disciple-Making Church, and it is totally free. And if that sounds like something that would be useful to you, helpful to you in life and in ministry, swing on over to johnwhitaker.net and just go ahead and download that resource, Five Priorities of a Disciple-Making Church. It's right there on my homepage, and you can just put in your email address. I'll send you a link so you can download it right then and there. All right, what I want to do beginning today uh, is launch a new series on the topic of prayer. You know, prayer is one of those things that's just part, uh, kind of central to our spiritual life. And if we're going to follow Jesus, if we're going to be a, a Christian, man, prayer has got to be right at the, the heart of that. And from the beginning of my Christian life, prayer was like, it, I just, it was important to me. In fact, as a young Christian in high school, I was handed two books by uh, a gal that I worked with, one called The Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer and one called The Practice of the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence. And both of those books really fanned into flame this desire to be a man of prayer and a passion to pursue God, particularly through prayer. And so prayer was from the beginning sort of this fire in my soul. I used to actually say that, um, you know, on my tombstone when I died, I really only wanted two words on my tombstone. He prayed. Now, I don't know if that's, you know, I feel the exact same way now. Maybe I still do. And yet, I want that to be, the you know, kind of like a heart of my life. He prayed. And yet, and yet prayer is still a struggle for me and has been a struggle for me really since I became a Christian. I, I, I don't feel like I'm super good at it, even though it's something that's been important to me. I I find it hard. I've read books on prayer, lots of books on prayer. I've been inspired by men and women who were great prayers. Um, and yet, I still find myself semi-regularly um, asking Jesus, teach me to pray. And all of that's to say that prayer isn't easy, is it? At least not for me. And I'm, I'm pretty confident that a lot of you can identify with that. Prayer is just not always easy. It can be a real challenge for for us, and I take some solace in the fact that apparently the very first disciples of Jesus, those who walked and talked with him uh, when he was ministering in Galilee and Jerusalem and Judea, even they found prayer difficult, and they asked Jesus, "Teach us to pray." Um, listen to these words from Luke eleven verse one. Luke eleven one says, "One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him." Lord, teach us to pray, just as John, meaning John the Baptist, just as John taught his disciples to pray. Here's what's always struck me about those words is these guys are Jews, right? Like the, the disciples who are asking Jesus to teach us to pray, they're Jews. They've grown up around praying people. 
They have prayed in their homes at set hours of prayer. So they've heard their parents pray. They've heard their grandparents pray. Their culture has a habit of prayer that has set times of prayer. They go to synagogue and synagogue school and they are expected to pray and they listen to people who have prayed for years. Um, they've grown up even with the Psalms of the Old Testament, right? Like Israel's prayer book was the Psalms of the Old Testament. They've grown up with those divinely inspired prayers of the Old Testament. And yet, they come to Jesus and they say, Lord, teach us to pray. So apparently, prayer wasn't easy for them either. And in fact, the way Luke writes this request makes me wonder if there wasn't something about Jesus' prayer life that stood out to them, that impressed them, and made them realize, man, they have a lot to learn about prayer. Um, look what Luke says. Luke says, one day, here in verse 1 of chapter 11, one day while Jesus was praying, they come to him. Like one day when he was praying and he finished, um, one of his disciples said to him, and Luke seems to be emphasizing that the disciples are impressed by Jesus' pattern of, an example of, a prayer life. They're, they're, they, they are impressed by that. They want to learn from him how to pray like he does, and we should be impressed by it too. Uh, when you read through the Gospels, Jesus has a regular habit of prayer, and it seems to be that habit of prayer that has captivated the disciples' attention and really wants, motivates them to want to learn from him how to pray. Let me just read you a few verses, some of them from Luke, since we're in Luke 11, but also from a couple of the other Gospels. Luke chapter 5, verse 16 says, But Jesus often withdrew. Catch that. Jesus, not occasionally, not once in a while, Jesus often withdrew, meaning withdrew from the crowds to lonely places and prayed. So apparently, it was a regular part of Jesus' life. He often did it to leave the crowds behind, leave the busyness of ministry, leave all the demands on his time and his attention, to leave the important task of teaching and preaching, to, to leave the task of caring for and healing sick people. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places, got away from the crowds, got out in nature, got off by himself, and he prayed. It was part of the pattern of his life. Or Luke chapter 6, verse 12. One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray, and catch this, he spent the entire night praying to God. Now, I don't know about you, I know me, and I know that uh, I don't think I could spend an entire night in prayer. I can't even spend a whole day in prayer yet. I haven't worked up to that. Um, I don't have that skill set yet, but Jesus did. And you don't just get to the point where you can spend 8, 9, 10 hours praying, particularly through the night. You don't just, you know, like wake up one morning and it's like, oh yeah, now I can pray for 8, 10 hours, do you? No, it takes developing the habit, developing the practice, you know, expanding your prayer strength and skills to be able to pray all night. So Jesus had such a habit of prayer that was so well developed that he had the ability to pray for eight, nine, ten hours all night long. Or Luke chapter 9, verse 18. Once, when Jesus was praying in private, here's that habit of praying in private again. Once, when Jesus was praying in private, his disciples were with him and he asked them. And so there's that custom, that habit of praying alone. Or a little later in Luke chapter 9, verse 28. 
about eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, James, and John, kind of his inner circle of his disciples, with him. He went up onto a mountain to pray. And so he's going to get away, even in this point, from the whole group of his inner, his disciples, the twelve and those who have been with him. He's just going to take a few of them. He's going to go up on the mountain. He wants to spend some time alone in prayer. Now, this is Jesus' habit. He's a man of prayer. And he regularly gets away from busyness, from the crowds to go pray. Mark chapter 1, verse 35 says this, very early in the morning. Notice that. Not, not at any particular time. It's like he's got to find time to do it. He knows the day is going to be crowded with demand. So very early in the morning, while it was still dark, before the sun even came up, Jesus got up, left the house, and he went off to a solitary place, a quiet place, where he prayed. Or Mark chapter 6, verse 46. Um, we set the context for that one. Jesus had just fed the 5,000. He uh, has actually had his disciples get into a boat, go back to the other side, he tells them, to the Sea of Galilee. He wants to be by himself. So he spent the day teaching and ministering to this crowd of people. It got late. They got hungry. He um, miraculously fed 5,000 with just a few fishes and, and, and loaves of bread. So he sends the crowd away. He sends the disciples away. Verse 46 says, And after leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. Notice that. He, he is intentional about making sure he has time alone, time to pray. It's, it's easy to overlook passages like this in the Gospels because they're not central teaching passages. They're not central miracle passages. They almost feel like transition statements in the Gospels. And yet the Gospel writers, in this case, the, the ones we've looked at, Luke and Mark, they are letting us in on the pattern of Jesus' life. They're, they're not just like passing little comments, you know, where we can just say, oh, yeah, yeah, Jesus, pray, right? It's, the gospel writers are giving us a glimpse of who Jesus was, what he was like, and really what made him the man he was. Um, they're showing us that prayer was a central part of Jesus's life. It was part and parcel of who he was. He was a man of prayer. He carved out time for it. He recognized his need for it, and he regularly found ways to get it. He didn't just have a prayer life. Jesus lived a life of prayer. Not just a prayer life, a life of prayer. And that brings us back to where we started this podcast, uh, Luke 11, 1, where the disciples come to him and say, Lord, teach us to pray. Yes, they've been around praying people their whole life, but something about Jesus' life of prayer, something about Jesus' example and pattern of prayer, something about the content and the intimacy of Jesus' prayer, something about Jesus' life of prayer so captivated them, they realized, wow, we have a lot to learn about prayer. And so they say, Lord, teach us to pray. And they want to learn from him how to pray. Um, they were his disciples after all. He was their rabbi, right? And here's what that means. Their goal was to become like him. That's just the way discipleship worked in the first century. A, a disciple, Talmud in Hebrew, Mathetes in Greek, and a rabbi, that particular relationship was really not 
like most things we have in our culture. A, a disciple rabbi wasn't just a student-teacher relationship. In our cultural context, a student doesn't seek to become what the teacher is. The student just wants to know what the teacher knows so he can put it on the test, so he can get his degree and move on with his life. That's the way student-teacher relationships work in our cultural context. But a disciple-rabbi relationship in Jesus' cultural context the goal wasn't just to know what the rabbi knew. The goal was to become like the rabbi, to be able to do what the rabbi did and become like him, to adopt his way of life, his pattern of life, and ultimately to really adopt his character, his approach to life. That was the whole goal. Discipleship, this is really important, discipleship entails imitation. Did you catch that? Discipleship entails imitation. That's just the way it worked. The whole goal of being someone's disciple was to imitate them. And so these disciples saw how central prayer was to Jesus' life, and they were going to imitate him. They want to be like him. That's the whole purpose of being his disciple. So, Lord, teach us to pray. There's content to that, but there's also habits to that, and they want to learn from him how to be men of prayer like he was a man of prayer. And so as disciples of Jesus, if you would claim that title for yourself, oh yes, I'm a follower of Jesus, I'm his disciple, that means it's going to entail imitation. And so as you read through the Gospels and you get glimpses into kind of the behind the scenes part of Jesus' life, those are equally as important as the public and upfront parts of Jesus' life. Well, his prayer life is one of those behind-the-scenes part of life. And so, as his disciple, what is your plan to imitate Jesus' life of prayer? It's not going to happen on accident. You're not just going to drift into being a person of prayer like Jesus was. You're going to have to plan to imitate him. You're going to have to intend it. You're going to have to want it. You're going to have to strategize for it and plan for it. So as his disciple, what is your plan to become a person of prayer like Jesus was a person of prayer? And that's really the heart of this next several episodes on the podcast is I, I just want to walk through some of the things Jesus teaches us about prayer, particularly from the model prayer, what we call the Lord's Prayer, which is really where Jesus goes next in Luke 11, although I'll probably work out of the version in Matthew because it's more familiar to us. But there, there's content. There's like, okay, well, there's some things you need to learn about what to pray about, but there's also some other habits. So as a disciple of Jesus, I would encourage you as we enter into and begin carrying on uh, into the weeks of 2020, have a plan for prayer. What is your plan? When are you going to pr pray? Uh, how are you going to pray throughout the day? Um, how are you going to grow in prayer? I would even encourage you to pray like the disciples. Lord, teach me to pray and let Jesus begin to open your heart to and teach you to pray so that we can become people of prayer. Really, praying is the great work of Christian living. God gets more done through a praying person than he does through an active person who rarely prays. And so our great work is to be men and women of prayer. And so as we move into this year, I want to encourage you, as I encourage myself, let's learn to pray. And let's learn from Jesus how to live a life of prayer like he did. Hey, thanks for checking out this episode of The Bible and Life. I'm so glad that you are with me on this episode. Um, thank you to all of you who support this ministry and support this show, whether praying for it, which is 
uh, man, more than I could ever ask for, that you would pray for this ministry, for God to open doors, create connections, to help people who would be encouraged by it, to find it. So thank you for praying for it. Thanks for those of you who support it financially, either through my Patreon page or through World Family Mission. Man, thanks a ton. Uh, I would invite any of you who are interested in helping out that way to check out the links in the notes down below and support this ministry in any way you feel um, is appropriate for you. And thank you to supporting it by sharing it with others, sharing it on social media, sharing it on your Facebook page or whatever other social media pages you have. Thank you for emailing it to friends and just sharing it with people. Uh, I so appreciate your support. God bless you guys, and we will talk again. <laughs>